0: Welcome on into a solo edition of the High Host Podcast. As once again, uh, my co hosts have been soft. Uh, it t- turns out that John Marks has kids that he has to deal with, and he has to go to bed early, can't stay up and talk about the fills. Uh, James Seltzer, in his brand new house, has a, a washing machine problem where his whole floor is covered in water. And apparently, that means that you cannot do a High Host Podcast. Me? Guess what? I can always do a High Hopes podcast because I've got a lot of Phil's thoughts that I gotta get out into the public. I I I have been been penting up these Phil's thoughts for the last couple of days. This series in St. Louis was a bunch of fun. Now I know it was a split, but there's a lot of good, there was some bad, and we are gonna touch on both in this episode of High Hopes, because the good, for the most part, does outweigh the bad. The good does outweigh the bad. I know it was a split, but it's an important split. The Cardinals are a a pretty good team. Now, their offense leaves much to be desired, but it was a pretty good pitching staff for this offense to go up against. But for the most part, I know it was a split, but the the good did outweigh the bad. So on this episode of of High Hopes, of a solo High Hopes, because my my co-hosts are soft, we're going to go over the good and the bad of the trip to St. Louis and we're going to look forward to a Braves series that is probably the most important slash most exciting series in Citizens Bank Park in the last six years. So it's been forever since we've had such a fun series at home at Citizens Bank Park. It feels good that it's back, and slowly but surely, it sure does feel like the buzz about this Phillies team is starting to grow around the city. I've seen more and more Phillies gear. This is going to sound bad, but it almost feels like the the bandwagon fans are about to come out. Remember remember when the Phillies were in the the heart of their run and it was like, "Oh, everyone's wearing their Chooch uh or or Utley jersey or Howard jersey or Rollins jersey." It's almost getting to the point where it's jersey season. I can feel the jerseys being bought. The Hoskins jerseys, the Nola jerseys. Heck, maybe in the maybe even the Aduba Herrera jerseys. It is almost getting to jersey season. Uh all of the all of the 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 bandwagon Phillies fans I can feel them starting to come out of the woodworks as this team is twenty six and and Twenty six and eighteen at this point of the season, which is by far their their best record since two thousand and eleven through this many games and it, it's the it's the weirdest thing because I feel like this team hasn't really reached their their full potential especially offensively now the pitching staff has been has over exceeded all of my expectations but this 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 hitting the offense really hasn't come close to the potential that I thought they had heading into the season i mean Hoskins has been slow uh santana has has picked it up recently but for the most part of the season he's been slow the the point is, is that this this team has another level that they can go to and and really I think during the summer once it, when it continues to warm up this offense is just going to be a night in, night out problem for for a lot of teams that come in Citizens Bank Park or or the Phillies go on the road. So, listen, the bandwagon fans are coming. Whether you want to admit it or not, they're coming. the The post uh, 2011 the Phillies fans that 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 kind of forgot about this baseball team, forgot that there was a baseball team in Philadelphia for the last six years. They're starting to come out of the woodworks. The, the Phillies, that's when you know the Phillies are back, is when you see the jerseys as you walk around the Philadelphia area. So, which is great. Like, I'm, I'm glad they're back. It's awesome. It shows that there's still interest in the city. And like I said, tomorrow embarks upon the biggest series in Citizens Bank Park in the last six years. And I, I need at least 30 to 35,000 people there. I just, I need that. I, I want to see the fans out there. The Braves are coming into town. I can't wait. But before we get to that series, Let's look back on the St. Louis series. It was a, it was a series of ups and downs, uh, two semi non competitive games. I was sort of frustrated. Um, was it Friday night when, you know, it was a, it was a five, 5 3 ball game? The game was kind of still in balance, and, and Gabe put out Drew Hutchinson again for, I think it was his third inning at that point. And it just was like, well, you're just giving up this game. Like, why why are you putting out Drew Hutchinson again for, for another inning? Uh, it just felt like he kind of gave up the game. I was a, a little bit frustrated by that. Drew Hutchinson, in turn, went out and got rocked in that inning, and the game was blown blown out of proportion. So they lost that game. Uh, bounce back. <laughs> Here's the thing. They they, they lost the Arietta and Nola starts, but they won the the Vince Velasquez and Zach Eflin starts, which, you know... At some people will be disappointed that they lost the Arietta and Nola starts because they're two best pitchers, but uh, Spin Zone winning in spite of those guys, winning with behind the back of, of Vince Velasquez and, and Zach Eflin, is also super super impressive. So, uh, but unfortunately, the Adubel Herrera on base streak ended in St. Louis, and I think this is the the ultimate. Don't be sad that it's over. Be glad that it happened. Because for 45, for 46 games, all of us hashtag ProDouble fans were able to talk that crap. We were able to talk smack on all the people. They'd be like, oh, he can't win with this guy. He, uh, he, uh, he's lazy. Doesn't work hard. Uh, all, of, all of those dumb narratives for those glorious 46 games were all thrown into the face of the people that made those claims. The Adubel streak came to an end, but those 45 games of, of pissing off your, your uncle that probably hates Adubel, it was all well worth it. So thank you, Adubel, for those, for those 45 games of pure bliss, and may your new streak start tomorrow against those Atlanta Braves. Because i tell you what, watching those people have to accept the fact that Adubel Herrera was a good player or is a good player and is, a, is borderline a very, very good player, and is going to be an all-star this season, was, was, was just so validating. The, the Adubel streak was one of the most validating moments of being a hashtag pro Adubel guy. And, you know, the baseball world started feeling how awesome this guy was. It was fun. He's still locked in. And yes, he still should have, this, this streak should still be going on. Because of that BS. He was on base. In, in in the ninth inning today, he was on base. But according to the rules, it doesn't count because he struck out, which is just ridiculous. Because once again, he's on base. If he's on base, how do you get on base? It's an on-base streak. It's not a he got out, he didn't get out streak because he was on base. Eh, but whatever. Uh, all, all good things must come to an end. And unfortunately, uh, that was a duel. Although, man... If he kept that up and he caught up to Ted Williams, it would have been just about the funniest thing uh, I can ever remember as a Phillies fan. But thank God he just passed Darren Ruff. Like, the, the, the moment he got past Darren Ruff, I was like, oh, this is all gravy. As long as Darren Ruff's name is completely eviscerated from the Phillies record books, we count it as a win here on the High Hopes podcast. The second thing, and honestly, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm going to apologize right now to you, the listeners of the High, Hop- High Hopes podcast, because I didn't open up with this. Uh Sir Anthony Dominguez is is such a weapon. I haven't like I haven't stopped thinking about him since his, his two winning two winning save yesterday. The Phillies played a game today, but my mind was completely focused on the fact that Sir Anthony Dominguez is is he's officially our Josh Hader, he's officially our Chad Green, he is officially our Archie Bradley. He is the guy that is going to be the first out of the pen that is going to come in and stop all the fires. Now, whether that's in the ninth inning, whether that's in the seventh inning, whether that's in the sixth inning, whether it's in the eighth inning, he is not going to be defined to a, to a role. And I know a lot of people have been talking about how, like, oh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, he's our closer. He's our closer of the future. And while I agree to an extent he could be a closer, I just think that that is a, a total waste of the resources that you have in Sir Anthony Dominguez. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a former starter. He's been a starter his whole life. The Phillies just converted to a to a bullpen piece this year. You see this story all the time, especially in modern baseball. You see the story of failed starter, turned to a reliever. He's awesome as a reliever, a multi-inning weapon. Penciling in Sir Anthony Dominguez, who, again, I absolutely love, as the closer is just a total misuse of a weapon of mass destruction <laughs> that is Sir Anthony Dominguez. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a guy that you can bring in in the seventh inning when you're about to face like the heart of the opposing team's order, order and you have a one run lead and he can keep it right there. You don't need to wait you have to you have to, to stop a fire before it gets out of hand. And before you can even get to the ninth inning, the fire might already be out of hand. But what makes Sir Anthony so dominant is he can come in, let's say it's seventh inning, two outs, but there's a runner on second and third. You bring in Sir Anthony Dominguez, he gets that out, and then he pitches the eighth inning, quiets all your fears, and then Gabe can play matchup game in the ninth inning. It's a really, really, really useful weapon to have a guy like Sir Anthony Dominguez, especially adding him to, to a bullpen that is already pretty loaded on paper. Now, Luis Garcia had a rough series uh Victor Arano doesn't look the same. Uh, but on paper, and Tommy Hunter, man, like I mean, figure it out. I, I like Tommy Hunter. I understand this is pretty much his spring training, but man, he's gotta figure out. But uh Sir Anthony Dominguez is a guy that I don't want to just pencil into being the ninth inning guy. I don't think I don't think making him the the closer is a good use of the weapon that the Phillies have in Sir Anthony Dominguez. And I think adding Sir Anthony to this bullpen, it just makes them that much tougher of a matchup as we get closer to these wild card games, uh, games down the stretch in, 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 in big, tough environments. And, I mean, the guy goes out there, and he's like a stone-cold killer. The guy's a stone-cold killer. I mean, they, they, they've talked about how he just wasn't nervous at all. He's never been nervous. He just believes in himself. He can go out there and, and finish a ballgame. And even watching him, I mean, you know what makes this guy so special. When you watch Sir Anthony Dominguez, it's, it's 97 to 98 with legitimate cut. I don't know what kind of wizardry that Sir Anthony participated in as a youth, but it worked. Because I don't think 97 miles an hour should be able to cut like a slider. He threw a 97 mile an hour slider the other day. Sir Anthony Dominguez is, 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 is such a freak. He throws strikes. He has a legit, to go along with 97 up on the hands, he also has a wipeout slider. Like, I, I cannot stop thinking about the, the weapon that this guy is, the matchups that he's going to create. And it just adds another dimension to this Phillies team that we didn't anticipate when we were projecting out this Phillies team. If you're going to tell me that they were going to add a Josh Hader type now he's not as good as Josh Hader. Well, listen, that might be premature. He might be just as good as Josh Hader. He's not, but adding that type of arm, adding an Archie Bradley type, Archie, adding adding a multi inning weapon that can come in and shut down opposing teams' rallies is just a, such an underrated thing. And I don't know if you could tell, but yes, I did start standing up when I saw when I started talking about Sir Anthony Dominguez. But I'm I'm very curious to see the progression of him if he ever allows a hit. He's only allowed one base runner, and it was a hit by Batsman. So I'm just so excited. I, I literally I cannot stop thinking about him. I, mean, I, I love Sir Anthony, and it just adds another dimension to this Phillies team that I didn't see coming uh, at, the, at the forefront of the season. So um, some other positives from the Cardinals series. Zach, Lef- Zach Eflin is a thing. Like Zach Eflin is, is a thing. Um, he is throwing 96 now, which, if you've watched Zach Efflin in the past, it was you know 93. Sometimes he touched 95, but what was really separated him, and what I've been in, super impressed by, is his ability to, to to command his slider, and his slider seems like a pitch that's really really hard to square up. And I know he allowed three runs against the Cardinals on. Saturday but it, it was an error a lot of things went wrong he was he was dominating that Cardinals lineup for most of that afternoon he really was he was pitching very very well uh, it he, the three runs were a bit faulty they weren't really on him uh, you know sure in the box score he may have allowed three earned or two earned or whatever but he pitched much better than the box score suggests in my opinion so uh, the the 96. It's 96. It's heavy. It's hard. It, it 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 seems like he's got more spin to it. Like it's it's 96, but it's fast. It's it's up on you quickly. And and really, his ability to to spot 96. He's spotting it to both sides of the plate. Has has really separated him. Back in the past, uh, when Zach Eflin came up the first couple of times, his mechanics were more. You know, he's cutting himself off. He was able to locate to the outside part of the plate but it coming inside just wasn't a part of, of Zach Eflin's game plan. Now that has changed a lot. It, it has changed a bunch since he's come back as a, as a field starter. He is pitching to both sides of the plate with that fastball. And it, like I said, I think his slider is really, really hard to square up. Uh, it has a nice 3-9 a nice to nine movement on it. Um, it's, it's just a pitch that I envision is hard to square up, and he's throwing it early in counts. He's, he's mixing it in. He seems like a guy that's, that's hard to get a read on right now. Now, what I, what I was a bit discouraged by in his start yesterday, or Saturday it was, was it was, it was the crux of the game. You can kind of feel the momentum coming towards the, the Cardinals side. And it was, he was pitching to Jed Jerko. And if you were just an amateur guy watching the game, you're like, he's obviously throwing a fastball here. Just like, of course he's throwing a fastball. If the whole stadium knows you're going to throw a fastball, then the hitter probably th- knows you're going to throw a fastball. Maybe mix in the slider. You you have been locating well all day. Jerko had a big hit to bring in an RBI. Uh, of course, the Phillies ended up coming back to win. But if they lost that game, uh, it would have come back to that pitch selection that I just I wasn't on board for. But listen, Zach Eflin has been remarkable since coming back up. He is looking like a legit. I mean, honestly, if he's their fifth starter and he's a fifth starter, they can locate to both sides of the plate at 96. With that slider, with a changeup that's shown a little bit, I mean, what more are you asking for out of your fifth starter? So, he—he, I—I am legitimately in on Zach Eflin. I—I, I, I'm riding the I'm riding the Eflin train. I can't believe we're finally here, but I I, I am very, very much here. Um Another guy that had a really strong series in St. Louis, and another guy that I admittedly was down on was Vince Velasquez, and. Vince Velasquez, since that, that, that San Francisco Giants start, has looked like a different guy. And what I liked about Velasquez when he first came to the Phillies in his first couple starts, he obviously had the Padres start. But the, the most impressive start that I remember of Velasquez outside of the Padres start was that start up in New York against the Mets where he just had this swagger, this confidence, this almost arrogance uh, uh, about him. And he felt like a guy that could win you big games. He just had a big game feel to him. I remember thinking that watching a young Vince Velasquez, and two years it's been it's been mostly horrible watching Vince Velasquez. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I don't enjoy the Vince Velasquez experience. However, these last couple of starts, he it seems like he's turned a corner. And I, I I remember after the the Giants start, everyone was like, "Uh, hey buddy, <laughs> what happened?" And he kind of was just like, "I just said F it," and. Sometimes when you get in a rhythm pitching and you get into that mode of, you know what, F it, man. Like, I don't care. I'm going to go out there and just flaunt my stuff. It becomes the best version of yourself. Now, you can't always get there. It's the weird thing about pitching. Like, sometimes it's just like you don't got it. You don't don't feel it. But Velasquez, for the last two starts, has looked like he's been feeling at it and he looks like he is just a, a, a menace to deal with on the mound because it's it's 97. And the most impressive thing about his start against St. Louis was he was still hitting 97 in the sixth inning of that game. Now Velasquez showing that kind of velocity that late into the games makes me believe that there may be something here as a starter. And I know I've been down on him and I, I, I know all of that. But He's spotting that curveball. It looks like a more legit weapon. He's spiking it now, which he, I think he had to have learned from from Jake Arrieta. It's 97, but it gets on you quick. It looks like a, a hard 97 to square up. He's just mixing in more and more pitches. It looks like he's developing as a pitcher. Uh, I I'm very very encouraged by Ben Velasquez. Where like I usually I, I I'm a, li- a little bit timid on on going in on Velasquez. It's starting to, it, the Velasquez meter is starting to move towards, this guy might be something. I'm not going to say, like, Velasquez is great. He's awesome. But it, 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 right now, if I had to look at the meter, it's, it's him becoming something. Like, it's, it's leaning towards, there might be something here. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see how he pitches against the Braves for, it's got to be his third time against the Braves. See, see what he's learned in those first two starts. But, man. He was awesome in St. Louis. He really was. Uh, and then I was even more impressed after the game. He was just like, yeah, it was my time to come out of the game. Sir Anthony came in. He shut the door. We won a ball game. And, like, when I hear that, I'm just like, man, I, I'm, I'm really rooting for, for Vince Velasquez. I, I really hope he turns it around. And and finally, this is the finally final good thing I, I, I felt while watching the, the Cardinals series. And it's kind of a holistic look on this Phillies team. And I want to know if, if you guys agree with me on this. For the first time since probably 2011, it never really feels like the Phillies are out of a ball game. Like I've never just I never wanted to turn off a game when they're down by two or three runs because I'm like, they can come back and win this ballgame. Why not? They got the horses on offense to do this. And it just feels so awesome being able to tune in night in and night out that even when they get down a few runs, it's like, man, I trust this team. They can come back from this. It's just been a while since I since I felt it this way, and it's I tell you what, it's it's a great feeling to finally finally have back. So uh, I just don't know if anyone else was feeling the same way because I tell you what, it, it's back in a big way. Now there were of course some downsides to the series in St. Louis, but not too much. You know, I mean sometimes just baseball games happen. You lose the ball game, uh, it's close, and and then suddenly the doors break open, like keeping in Drew Hutchinson for too <laughs> Hutchinson for too long. Or Nola not having his best stuff. I know uh, I was super excited for Nola day, as I'm sure uh, a lot of you were today. wasn't great today. wasn't great. Um, but I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna freak you out about Aaron Nola on this podcast. But one guy I'm starting to get super super frustrated with is one Scott Kingery, and I think Scott Kingery is going to be good. I think he's going to be a major leaguer for a long time. Uh, but Right now, he is a really, really tough watch. I mean, his his strikeout percentage has to be in the 40%. And I know he's a rookie, and I know he's going to figure it out. He's going to be fine. But there are some mild concerns that I have of Scott Kingery. And it, it's it been going on most of the season, but it really feels like he struggles seeing, seeing off-speed out of the hands. Uh, and I wonder if that has to do with his leg kick. There's a lot of... There's a lot of moving pieces to his batting stance. He's his, his, It feels like his head movement is kind of all around. It's 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 constantly moving when he's when he's swinging. Uh, and, and sure, it's going to work in the lower levels when guys don't have really great breaking balls, and you're going to be able to sit back and just just rake rake fastballs. Which, I mean, Kingery is a good fastball hitter, and I I think he's going to be fine against the fastballs. Now, right now, he's kind of in that stretch where he's missing everything, but. Um, He is, it does seem like he's struggling a little bit to see curveball or slider out of the hands. It just seems like it comes out of the hands and he's already out on his front foot. uh, And when he does make contact, it's really, really weak contact. And it's just something to monitor uh, because if he can't learn how to hit curveballs or sliders, I mean, you're not going to be a really, really effective major league player and jumping into that contract so early is going to look like a major mistake. So while I'm not down on Kingery, I think he's going to be fine. And I think he just looks like a rookie in in the major leagues. And it's not like a Hoskins thing where he comes up and just sets the world on fire for two weeks. Uh, But it is something to monitor. I'm wondering if he can see curveball or slider out of the hands because this series in St. Louis, it really felt like he couldn't. And it was my first time really feeling that. And I just want to keep watching it as this season moves along. Uh, Another thing. And I know it's I know it's revenge season Arietta. But I tell you what, <laughs> I am not enjoying watching Jake Arietta recently. Um, it's it's just frustrating watching a guy that, that can't locate his stuff. Like I understand his stuff moves a crap ton and it moves all over the place and it's hard to locate that stuff. But man, is it tough watching a guy who can't locate his fastball? and then tries to throw in a curveball, and usually ends up in the dirt. And then once you know he can't locate all the stuff, then it's just like he's just – it just felt like these last two starts, he's just been, been been struggling to get through games rather than just going out there and, and mowing down guys. I know he can't go down and, and mow down guys all the time, but watching Jake Arrieta right now has just not been as fun as I want revenge season Jake to be. <laughs> it's really not. It seems like he's laboring out there. It seems like he's always fighting his mechanics. And to his credit, he's done a really, really good job of of battling and keeping his team in ball games. And he's had some really good starts against the Nationals. And it's great. Most of it's been great. But when he's off, Jake Arrieta is just a super, super frustrating watch. Because uh-huh. it's just like, I find myself like yelling at the TV, like, just throw strikes, man. Just throw strikes. I understand that like, your fastball moves all over the place. Just throw strikes. Figure it out. Uh, and for the most part of the season, he has figured it out. But uh, his start against St. Louis was just so laboring that it was just I was just getting super frustrated watching Jake Arrieta. So uh, revenge season, Jake, is probably on hold right now. Uh, now he he's, he has two straight good starts, uh, and then the the Cardinal start was just infuriating. So he's been fine. He's been fine, and I think he's teaching a lot of lessons to the young guys and the staff. But listen, seventy five million. Uh, you you can't be not like he's not striking anyone out. He is not striking out guys when he's pitching, and eventually that's going to come up and it's gonna it's gonna bite him in the ass. Like I am terrified of the regression that Jake Arrieta is going to show on the ERA side of the game um, because of his his K numbers, and it just feels like like his ERA is I think it's two eight, but he's not really pitching to a two eighty two eighty ERA. So I'm I'm very much worried about uh, regression, Jake. But for now. He's battling. He's got a he's got a major ground ball rate, and hopefully he can he can figure out how to strike out more guys. And you know when, when you need a big out, it can't always be it can't always be relying on your defense because these guys are major league hitters and they're going to figure you out. Sometimes you got to just go, go strike a guy out. It's it's pretty much as simple as that. Now, uh, the Braves, the Phillies are play, playing the Braves for what feels like the four hundredth time this season. Um, and the, Phillies, the Braves are coming into town, coming off of this BS. <laughs> like, they were down five runs in the ninth today and came back and won. And I just can feel the hatred of the Atlanta Braves coming back. You know, it started with, with Ryan Flaherty and his beady-ass eyes. Uh, but my hatred of the Atlanta Braves is starting to come back because their they're, 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 they're young guys are so good. Ozzie Albies is amazing. Ronald Acuna Jr. is he's he's a once in a generation talent. And Freddie Freeman is like the Chase Utley of first baseman. It's like peak Chase Utley, that's him, but at first base with more power. I mean, they just they just rake. Now the staff is not nearly as good as as they, they are they're pitching, especially uh with the way they have pitched against the Phillies this year. They're just not that good. I refuse to believe that they're that good. Um but this this really is the biggest, the biggest series in Citizens Bank Park in the last six years. If it, it's awesome, it is awesome. It, you can feel the buzz continuing to grow um, around the city for this Phillies team, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize, like Braves, fills two young teams. Two teams are probably battling out this division for the next five to seven years. I want to say, and now these two teams have had hey, they haven't played each other in like a month. But they've gone away from each other, and they've both played pretty good baseball, and and now it's colliding at its head at Citizens Bank Park for the the last time until August. So the last time the Braves and and Phils, and the Phils really just have a chance to to go mano-a-mano against this Braves team and steal some wins and and pick up some numbers in the loss column and the win column and and, and get some traction in the NL East, they're going to get that in this in this series against the Braves and it's weird it's weird to be scoreboard watching already but I tell you what <laughs> I missed it I really really missed it uh so biggest game in Citizens Bank Park or biggest series in Citizens Bank Park for the la- in the last six years Braves are coming into town and for it it's the third or fourth time I'm pretty sure it's the third time uh it's Pavetta versus Fulton Evitz like just go hit Mike Fulton Nevitts like I'm sick and I'm sick and tired of getting shut down by such average pitchers on the Atlanta Braves. But uh Fulton Evans has been a been a fun fun matchup to begin the series or uh, begin the season. Both of these guys have had had good starts to the season. Fulton Evans it feels like he just shuts us down. Pavetta, I mean coming off the game in Baltimore, 11 Ks. Uh, his curveball was was all the way back and he was pitching up in the zone. I love when they talk about their north-south plan with think It's it's truly remarkable. And then we got Vince Velasquez versus Brandon McCarthy. Listen, if, if Velasquez goes out there and he, he shoves against this Braves team again, uh listen, I might be hopping on the Vince Velasquez bandwagon. And for the love of God, can we please just hit Brandon McCarthy? Like the guy the guy looks like a like a middle school history teacher. And he is absolutely shut us down for the last three times he's faced us. so can we please beat that middle school history teacher because i'm gonna lose my mind uh and then in the finale of the series on wednesday night uh luis gohara versus jake arietta jake listen buddy it's time for you to get back on my good side i did not enjoy your start in st louis i just oh I was I was so mad. Uh, Gohara is a is an interesting prospect the Braves have. Uh, another one of their young arms, kind of like in that Sean Newcomb range. Uh, he was pretty he was pretty well respected in the fantasy community. I, I remember a lot of people uh, wanting to buy uh, stock in Luis Garcia or Luis Gohara. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what he looks like. McCarthy, please God, and then Fulton Neffitt. So um, and then the Blue Jays coming to town, which. It's always fun when we see uh, future Phillies third baseman Josh Donaldson across the way. Uh, just kidding. I hope he's like there's maybe the option. I'm not, I, don't, I don't want Josh Donaldson, really, because I don't think he's going to age well. But that's going to do it for this episode of High Hopes. Um, Wednesday, obviously, is the last game of the Brave series, hopefully. Uh, either me or John Marks, me or James Seltzer, or James Seltzer and John Marks. We will have a podcast for you on Thursday, because the Phillies have an off day, uh, previewing that Blue Jay series and looking back on the Brave series. The biggest series in Citizens Bank Park since 2000, well, I would say six years. Six years. There was, there was definitely some big series in 2012, but uh, either way, you can feel the excitement of the Phillies teetering. I am so glad that that feeling is back, and if they come out, and take two or three against the Braves, city's going to be in mayhem. So that's going to do it for the episode of High Hopes, and we will talk to you on Thursday.